0: My little song you know baby 1 2 3 I wish my teacher was just like me baby C's, 1 2 3 I, I wish my teacher was just like me baby 1 2 3 I wish my teacher was just like me baby C's, 1 2 3 I wish
1: my teacher was just like me
2: Musician, actor, and author Bubba B the MC answer 100 questions
0: in five minutes to win the Manitoba Money Shot. All this plus fresh big rap battle on today's episode called Bubba B the MC Shoots on Calgary! Hey, what's this guy doing up here in Manitoba? Manitoba. Manitoba's a Manitoba Time to, move to
1: Manitoba.
2: Yeah. The Manitoba Money
1: Shot Podcast with me, Ronald George Moore. Okay.
3: It's the Mantle Money Shop Podcast. My name is Ronald George Moore. Thank you for listening. Today, we have the most amazing guest, Baba B, the MC. I've known him from radio. I've known him from his music. And uh, oh, and you heard him at the beginning of the show. That was uh, in 2007. I had a fringe show called Rhyme Machine, the life story of my rap character, the fresh big baby Jesus. And he was actually hosting a rap battle with DJ D'Lo at a local bar. And so I just went down there. With the cameraman and asked if he would mind help me out with this little scene i had and he was so awesome to do that back then i was so like this guy is amazing and for the record i didn't really piss in my pants it was just like a water bottle in my pocket um his cd album wish my teacher was bubba b school's in session uh you can find at uh all things bubba b which is bubba hyphen b.com for all your bubba b the mc needs go there uh, he's on Facebook, of course, uh, at Bubba B, the MC chat with the B. If you're on Snapchat and on YouTube, uh, you can punch in Bubba B TV. Oh, I also want to say, I have uh, a couple of samples of his work coming up. I got magical and mystical and the last days of Pompeii from, uh, previous albums he's done. And if I knew this at the time, I would have brought it up with him. uh, Wish My Teacher Was Bubba B. Schools in Session uh, won 2012 Children's Recording of the Year at the Western Canada Music Awards. So congrats to him. I'm, that's amazing. And it's a great album. If you listen to it, if you have kids, check it out. We played it the other day, me and my kids, and we're just jumping around, having a great time listening to Bubba B drop bars. (laughs) And so, yeah, that's coming up in the show. It's just, it was great. It was great. I've just really enjoyed and have been entertained by Bubba B, the MC on stage, on the radio. And uh, when he agreed to do the show, I was over the moon. I was really excited. And it was a pleasure, a real pleasure talking with him on and off camera. In fact, we went on Wait, uh just we talked so much i had to cut a lot out and i think at some point in the future i have a patreon account at ronald george moore and i may drop the whole hour and a half because uh it was just all gold all butter and i didn't have i just had tears in my eyes so yeah that'll come out as on the patreon at some point anyway enjoy the show uh he's awesome and uh Thank you for listening. Really, 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 really appreciate it. Bye. We're rolling. Yes. Oh, yeah. Welcome, Bubba B.
0: Bubba B, the MC. Namaste. My soul sees your soul. My voice sees your voice. My light sees your light. And my pain sees your pain, and my healing sees your healing. And if I look out my window and you look out yours, we both have the same light shining upon our eyes. Wow. That's, we're going to we're get really deep with this episode. I'm getting <laughs> deep with this pizza right now. This is homemade pizza, bro. I made this. This is like, look at that. Look how it's pulling a big, is. thick piece of pizza here. Colorful Boom. Exactly. That's what it's about. It's about colors, different representations, fresh mushroom, onions. Nice. Mm. I literally took a picture of my fridge yesterday or within the last two days. All these beautiful yogurts and vegetables and fruit and all this stuff and juices and and coconut water. And in my fridge, all my meat was all like packaged properly and portion sized. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was an adult. (laughs) <laughs> I realized that I am the amalgamation of all those different voices in my past, like you know, elder siblings and family members, and yeah. all the things I've seen.
3: Let's talk. Well, you, you talk about voices from your past. That's where we're gonna go because I, I start every show with where were you born, and you famously talk about Calgary, right? You're you're born in Calgary. Calgary, yeah, Alberta. <laughs> Put some bass in your voice, boy. And, and Calgary is. Uh, Uh, Like, I've been there once or twice, very clean city. Were you like, whereabouts in Calgary?
0: Ninety... Nine... Yeah, absolutely. I'm just confirming now. Hold on. The voices Uh, are contacting them. The voices are contacting me. Yes, we are confirmed 100%. 100% of my entire life of living in Calgary, I lived in the east side of the city. And predominantly... I would say 85% of that time was in the Northeast quadrant of the city. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was the best part of the city. It's the part where there is the most diversity, the most culture, the most uh, expertise. Um, the air, the Northeast had the airport, one of the only airports in Canada, much yeah. less uh, North America that the space shuttle could land at as well as um, the Concorde landed there, I believe, and it was a, an amazing amalgamation of awesome. Really? Okay. What kind of places did you do you, do you hang out in
3: Calgary? Were you affected by the whole, does, isn't it, Calgary has that like cowboy Montana feel to it, right? I know they have like the Calgary Stampede. Okay,
0: so Alberta as a province is considered to be the Texas okay. of Canada. Equivalency and specifically Calgary would be considered the Houston of Texas, right? Okay, understand? yeah. So, Calgary, yes, Calgary had direct flights between Calgary and Houston, Texas. So, there were dudes that literally would wake up in the morning, go for a run at the YMCA, jump on a jet, put on their cowboy hat, fly down to Houston, sign a multi million or billion dollar deal, jump back on a flight, get back in time to go to you know to Go down to Electric Avenue and have some drinks that night. So, right. um, there was always the country western aspect. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but it was actually a man of color who was responsible for bringing the whole ranching culture to Alberta. Really, uh, yeah, huh. a lot of people don't know that guy, and uh, it's so interesting because he's left out of. Historical references, of course, and that's why we have to have Black History Month, which has now been Black History three hundred and sixty-five, mm-hmm. uh, because of perfect examples like that. We have a multi-trillion-dollar economy in Alberta based on farming and ranching that was started by men of color who brought the concept brought the concept here and these billionaires and you know these generations later are thriving off the ranching and Calgary's known as the ranch town and the Calgary Stampede as you've mentioned and yet they don't pay homage to this individual who was a man of color instead really? now in 2021 we have police assaulting and and visibly you know uh arresting and, and and just harming men of color in Calgary racism in Calgary has gone through the roof it was bad when i was a kid
2: really Uh, Oh, yeah, it was horrible. Uh, Did you have a lot of confrontations
0: with the police? Well, (laughs) interesting that you're saying this, and interesting that we're having this conversation. So uh, I was fortunate enough to be a trailblazer. So I became the first Black kid who was a school crossing guard, apparently in Calgary's history. And... So I was hanging out with the chief of police and Simon the safety bear and the police and taking pictures and <laughs> everybody was proud of me. One day I decided to bring home a couple of my uh, tools from the outfit Great. and I go, I'm walking home and these cops pull up on me uh, and I'm thinking these cops is like gonna escort me home cause we're all on the same team. Chief of police and Simon safety bear said, you are now part of the police. You're like a deputy. You're like part of us. You know, you're part of the solution now. Yeah. I'm thinking these cops are like, yeah, they're going to you right home. They saw one of their own, you know, they recognize. Mm-hmm. They pull up on me, cut me off on the sidewalk. Hey, where are you going? How'd you get that stuff? Who'd you beat up to take it? They thought I beat up a crossing guard to take his stuff. And so they, they take me home. And you can imagine my, you know, Caribbean recent descent, you know, she's just an immigrant, you know, she's not a full resident yet. I don't think she had her full Canadian citizenship yet or anything at this time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, see her, her, her youngest son getting out of the backseat of a police car at nine years old. You know, that wasn't a good, that wasn't a good look. And that was my first experience with cops. And that's when I realized that cops were on some bullshit. They could have called the school. They could have taken me back to the school. We could have inquired. They could have approached it differently. They could have been like, all right, seems pretty legit. You have all the right equipment. And, uh, you know, we haven't got any phone calls or reports of a kid getting beat up. And so uh, we'll just escort you home and, uh, you know, introduce ourselves to your mom, your dad or you know, develop that community relationship.
3: Yeah. You're talking about your your mom. Talk about your family life for a sec. So, was
0: it your mom? Was your dad there too? Calgary, bunch of rednecks. We were the one of the only Black families uh, in the neighborhood. As I grew up, I went back and I asked my dad. I'm like, tell me about, you know, your interactions in the city. And, yeah. you know, he told me horror stories about, This wonderful house we lived in. It was in this place called Queensland. It was a new development on the farther side of the city. It was called Queensland. We had lived in Kingsland and then we moved to Queensland because it was (laughs) even more bougie. (laughs) Right? Right? Kingsland was too close to the center of the city, even though it was like way down McLeod Trail, way down south past Chinook Center, way down there. Yeah. So we moved into the Country, pretty much. Queens, And he decided to build a fence. The neighbor comes over and, you know, we're all adults here and I'm going to use it. Comes over and goes, what are you doing? I'm building a fence. What does it look like? neighbors don't know how to build no fences. My dad built the best fence he's ever seen. That's a pretty good damn fence, nigga. <laughs> like, you know, a month later, whenever the fence was done, Great. my dad sold the house. That house was the house that my mom loved. Uh, but my dad felt he wanted to move to a different neighborhood, so he moved to an even newer neighborhood called Pembroke, back up into the Northeast. And Pembroke Meadows. But he, he I'm to-
3: assuming he wanted to move because he had some racist idiots beside him,
2: right?
0: <laughs> Additionally, as I because as, I went back as an adult, I realized why he uh, moved because we lived on a main street and it was like, it was a residential street, but there was, you know, traffic and people would come ripping around this corner. It was a big curve, but uh, you know, it was a pretty big corner and there was buses and he had two small children at home. Yeah. And he thought, Hmm, these kids are going to want to play out here on the street and they're going to want to play out here on the front sidewalk. And one of these wahoos or yahoos are going to come flying around the corner and they're going to take out one of my kids. Yeah. So, I'm going to move them to a completely new suburb, subdivision, sorry. And uh, he bought us a, a house on a cul de sac at the very edge of the city. Literally, out our back door was an alley, a park, a little side street, the major street, city of Calgary limits. So, literally, out my back window, 300 feet, 350 feet was the city limits. <laughs> okay, like. It sounds like a dream. It sounds like a dream. My mom hated the house. Um, the The cul-de-sac was great. There was, you know, other kids. Mm-hmm. And there was this one particular family across the street. Uh, they had three sons. We used to play street hockey every day. There was my buddy Lonnie that lived there. The crazy kid, Travis, that lived there. He, used to, he was the first kid that I ever, told, I ever saw tell his mom to go fuck herself. Whoa. Um, That's <laughs> crazy. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a bus driver living next to us with the Asian family across the street. So it was like the most diverse cul-de-sac cul-de-sac yeah and then one day we were playing street hockey as we'd played you know a thousand times we played street hockey and then one day you know the eldest brother who was closer to being my friend of the three brothers across the street um told me that (coughs) i wasn't allowed to come back to his house ever again because i went into his house one time like the week earlier and his parents saw me, I guess. They hadn't seen their sons playing with me ever before. But anyways, one of their parents told him, you never bring that nigger back in our house again. And they told me that they're not allowed to play with niggers. And then I came into the house because I was upset because we are in the middle of a hockey game and I was winning. And then they decided to pull this in the middle of the game. And then I went to my mom and I go, mom, why would the neighbors call me niggers? And then she was like, they called you that? And I was like, yes. And then, because I remember the word nigger from a movie called Roots, right. uh, I watched oh, it yeah, I when I was for sure. And uh, and I was like, I'm not one of those people, am I? And then, because you know, I was born in Canada, i I was born here in, in in Calgary. I'm just like you kids. We've been going to school, and then suddenly I became the nigger. Then uh, my parent, my mom, hated this new house, the cul-de-sac. I found out that living in the burbs with the rich kids was not good. There was a lot of abuse and violence and and uh, racism, obviously, and stuff like that. And, right, well, you
3: you yeah. felt that with the parents, but were you feeling that with the kids you were playing with too? Like,
0: well, like I said, that began the rift, right? Right, that right. began the the, the 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 torrential rift to the point where oh, my best friend was a white guy named Jason. And uh, one day I was over at my black friend's house, the two twin brothers and our other mutual friend that lived on the other block. Yeah. And we were all in the basement hanging out. And my white friend, Jason, shows up at the house and is calling me out, telling me to come outside. And he's with his brother and a couple of the dudes. And my friends are like, all right, go check it out. And if we, if you need us, we'll come. So I go outside and so these guys circled me, and right there on the front lawn, they start pummeling me, and they gang up on me, and oh I got jumped by these dudes. While my up. people of color were watching through the blinds, watching, and they didn't come out to even help me. So I had to take all these lickings and stuff and try to put, try to put the smack down on these white guys, you know, oh my by myself. Man. And <laughs> then oh I rode God. home. And I said, I got to get home, or else I'm going to get beats from my dad, too. I got to get home. You can come back tomorrow. We can finish the beating tomorrow. <laughs> so we'll I schedule it in. It. <laughs> so I booked it home, thinking that, you know, they'd be put on timeout or grounded or, you know, something would happen, some justice would happen. Nope. Saturday morning. Ding dong. Hi, we're here to finish the fight. My dad is like, get away from my house there, you little dirty little kid, da, da, da. All this kind of stuff, right? I thought my dad was gonna go outside and beat them. That's what I would have wanted them to do, but that's not gonna happen.
3: So as you're in school and you're, you know, you're getting through the process here, you're finding you have, you're in, you have to learn, you know, the subjects, but you also, were you in a lot of scraps because of this? Or was this like, okay. I definitely
0: uh, had to learn. I I purposely decided to move myself. Uh, I took control of my educational future in grade seven. Uh, my parents had just recently divorced. I decided that I didn't want to go to the, you know, the catchment school where all the kids I've been going to school with since grade one were all going to go to this one school. Yeah. And uh, I was like, Nah, bro, I'm not. And so I went to a school on the exact opposite side of the city. It was an hour and twenty seven minute bus ride. Holy uh, transit. And uh it i was the only black kid amongst 850 students <laughs> and so and it was a junior and a high school mm-hmm. so i just dove right in i dove right into the shark so you could theoretically say it was my first real dive in in the shark tank you know like i said okay i'm gonna hit this racism thing head on i'm gonna go yeah and be like a bomb in them and yeah. i had to deal with a racist teacher yeah. i got into a fist fight with a racist teacher who ripped up my you know magazine like whew. oh my god uh,
2: but you even yeah.
3: stick it out there
2: you you, you were there I, I mean, you graduated. Yeah, there. I did it
3: mm-hmm. what school queen elizabeth junior senior high school mm-hmm. okay what what when did you decide to come to winnipeg was it uh, cuz you got in the radio i know early on what was it a radio was radio the reason you came
0: to Manitoba? Hmm. No. I'm a recording artist. I released uh, my first project in the in the 90s. It was called Bees for the Bass. And Beast of the Bass? <laughs> no. Awesome. Bees
2: for the Bass. Bees for the Bass. Correct. Like Bubba B.
0: For the bass.
3: You have the Bubba B name before you came yeah. to Manitoba.
0: Oh, absolutely. I've had the Bubba B name since, you know, I was a young little child way back in the day. Really? I was was just Bubba and I became Bubba B because um, I was uh, like all my songs had bass. My voice had a nice bass tone to it. And I also incorporated the fact that a good bass is the foundation to the tower that you want to build with your life. Ah. And if you have a good, strong base, which I believe I had because I had such uh, a diverse and eclectic upbringing that I could build my tower as tall as I wanted to. And yeah, like base, fundamentals. This is it. That's All awesome. Right? So that was my first project. And so my second album was a full length album. And it took a few years to get it uh, to where I wanted it. Uh there, there had been some piracy issues with people taking some of my my samples. Uh wow. Dr. Drake. And uh <laughs> Dr. Drake. Dr. Drake took what he said. Facts, bro. It's actually facts, not 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 bullshit either. Well come and, what, 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 what what, what's, the album? What's the album called? Well, my album was called The Good Life. And the track in particular was called Magical and Mystical. Yeah, you listen to my song, Magical Mystical, and then you listen to a certain Dr. Dre song that came out on a certain album called Chronic 2001, you will then hear the sample very clearly on one of his top three singles off that album. Wow. You know, so I I, I took that kind of like, wow, that was like a, right? Mm-hmm. And, but I was depressed well, not depressed. I don't. I don't like to give that much weight to that word. Mm-hmm. I was a little bummed out because at this point, I'd sold you know almost four thousand copies of the album. No, no publicity, no radio play, no marketing budget, and I was like bummed out because I was like, man, I want to sell like hundred thousand copies of this album, you know, because yeah. of what was happening in Toronto, what was happening here in Winnipeg, what was happening in Vancouver, artists. We're selling, you know, upwards of, or in my mind, also basing it on American artists, right? They're selling millions, going platinum, all this for kind sure. of stuff.
3: Why should a border be, uh, you know, exactly. to decide?
2: So
0: to- I, um, after I released the album, I went to Florida. I was um, living in Florida, uh, West Palm Beach for a minute. And my associate at the time, Brad Munson, who I also do a podcast with, which is very interesting, was, uh, he sent me some information because one of my goals was to be the first Canadian in can uh, first Canadian to be nominated and or win a Grammy award in the hip hop category. And so this guy, uh, my associate, sent me this newspaper clippings of a gentleman by the name of Fresh IE mm-hmm. who had just got nominated for a Grammy award at that time. And I was like, what? So he was the first Canadian. Right. And so we were celebrating him over the phone and talking. I was reading the package. He sent me all these newspaper clippings in the mail. Uh, And I remember reading the newspaper clipping, reading his story. And I was like, holy, I got to meet this guy.
1: Yeah.
0: And the people that were around me, they're all like, you're not going to meet that guy. How are you going to meet him? He's a star. You're here in Florida. He's up in Canada. You'll never meet blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Hmm. I don't know what you're saying, but this guy, me and this guy are going to meet. And six months later, I was in uh, Edmonton uh, at a a Juno party. I was backstage, drinking, having a good time, Juno pre-party. I'm like, yeah, have a party. We're (laughs) drinking. And I look up on stage from backstage, and I see, that's the dude. Yeah. That's the dude from the newspaper clipping. So I go around out front, and I'm looking at him from the side of the stage, and he's rapping, doing his thing, and our eyes are kind of catching. and, And then he's like, he gets to his next song, and he's like, all right, well, any hip-hop artists here in Edmonton, any rappers, aspiring artists that want to come up on stage do a song with me, come up right now. Wow. And so, like, five different dudes come run up on stage. He's looking at me, and he's like, come up. So I went up on stage. We did a verse together, um, one of his songs. Afterwards, people were like, how like, long were you? freestyling
3: when you say a verse together? Yeah, yeah. freestyle, yeah
0: played one of the beats for his song. Yeah. And uh, the, the other guys went one, two, three, and then four. And then I, you know, I I went up, I did the anchor.
3: Yeah,
0: And um, uh, people were interviewing me afterwards. How long have you guys been on tour together? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they're like, you guys have this amazing synergy on stage. It's like you guys have been performing together for years. And I was like, I've never even actually met the guy yet. Mm-hmm. And at that exact moment as they're interviewing me, I am seeing him sneaking out the back door with his wife. I didn't know she was his wife at the time. They were sneaking out the back door trying to hail a cab. And so I cut my interview short, ran out there. To, and I was like, dude, like, we're just going to have on stage, first time, hit it and quit it, random hip hop sex. And you're just going to leave without leaving <laughs> your number?
3: Right. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> okay.
0: So he gave me his stuff and, um, He's like, you got to come to Winnipeg. I was like, ah, no, nah, I don't think about that. No, nah, no. Nah. And for the next year, literally for an entire year, at least once a week, if not a couple times a month, he would send me an email or phone call mm-hmm. or a text telling me to come to Winnipeg. You really He's impressed like, the shit out of him, man. You got to come to Winnipeg. He's like, yeah. I got my studio there. I want to record you. I want to get you on my album. And I'm going to record a couple songs for you. And I was like, oh, fucking Winnipeg. I don't know about Winnipeg, bro. Right. And, you, and have then, you been to
3: Winnipeg before at this point?
0: Have you ever- I had visited Winnipeg back in 97 uh, when Red River raging and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I saw dead cows floating down the river and shit. And I was like, the flood. The You know what I'm saying? The flood yeah. of the century. Yeah. Um. And my mom had lived here for a year or so uh, when, when, after she got divorced from my dad and she sent us to go live in the States and stuff like that, she came to Winnipeg and she hated it. She hated Winnipeg. Right. And she was like, don't go to Winnipeg. Don't go to Winnipeg. Don't go to Winnipeg. And so he calls me up. He's like, Bubba, you got to come for at least one week. Just please come for one week to Winnipeg. Recording session. Let's do it. For recording session. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to come for one week I'll be there March 30th. I don't know, Wednesday, March 30th. I'll be there. I'm leaving Calgary. I going to drive there. He's like, okay, fine. I'm calling him on the road. We're talking back and forth. I'm getting closer. Yeah. Okay. I'll see you in a few hours. Yeah. I'm in Porters the Prairie, bro. I'll be there in 45 minutes. He's like, all right, bro. I can hardly wait to see you. Right. I got there in 35. Calling the dude. It's going straight to voicemail. <laughs> I'm like, what? Then the phone turns on and it's just ringing, 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 ringing. And I'm leaving like all set of messages till it's full. I get to the city at midnight. Uh, I'm driving around. I don't know anybody in Winnipeg. He's not answering the phone. Um, I saw some cops smoking weed. I was like, I love this city. (laughs) These cops pull up next to me, and I'm thinking, "Oh shit, they're gonna bust me because I tinted windows on my car and everything." Mm-hmm. And, it's, and if this was Calgary, guaranteed those lights are going on, right? Yeah. So they pull up, and I'm just like, "Fuck!" I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "Shit, here goes, here we go." And I look over, and the driver is looking at me, just cold face. Right. And then, and then uh, the passenger leans forward. Just looking at me all cold faced, and they're just screw faced looking at me, and I'm looking at them, and they're looking at me and I'm looking at them. Yeah. And then the passenger sits back, and then the driver goes and takes a puff off the blunt and then hangs his elbow out the window, holding the joint on the windowsill, smoking a joint. I was like, I love this city. <laughs> I drove down Waterfront, turned on the Provence Bridge, yeah. went to St. Boniface, got gas. Then I ended up sleeping in my car that night. I just pulled over and I just put my seat back. I had a pillow, a jacket. Um, and, uh, and so I just, like, you know, sleeping in my car, my blanket, yeah. and my pillow. And I woke up at, like, 8.30 in the morning. And there was, like, all these kids walking by me, high school kids, <laughs> walking by my car. And... None of them hit the car. None of them smashed the windows. Nobody like shook it. Wake up, buddy, or nothing. Right. And everybody was like, polite. And I was like, what? If this was Calgary, my windows would have been smashed out, you know, or something, you know, if this was the right. States or something, too. Yeah. So I was like, okay, Winnipeg's cool. So I start calling Fresh again. He finally answers. I tell him by where I am. He's like, dude, I'm like way out. I'm on like for more Uh, Southdale, whatever that area is, Southdale. I'm way over there. I don't know how I got there. And he lives uh, on McPhillips, way up by like Inkster kind of thing, way up over there. Right, that's a bit. So so he came up to grab me and uh, then we started hanging out. And then within 24 hours, 48 hours, I was hanging out with um, uh, Fred Penner. I'm hanging out with uh, Burton Cummings, Randy Bachman. Really? Yeah. Dude, I have a studio type of thing or? Dude, we were all at the studio, Connection. we were all at the stage, we were there. I ha- I was there when Burton Cummings and Randy Bachman got together for the first time. They hadn't seen each other in like I think it was 20 years at this point. Right. I was there. I was there. I was like I have a picture of me, Randy Bachman, and Burton Cummings <laughs> like this, as they're just a hey, right, man, and they're giving right. each other the hugs and coming together for the first time in like 20 years. Did you even know who they were? Like, I know they're Winnipeg famous, right?
3: I mean, guess who are Canada
0: famous, but... No, 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 no. Guess who? Like, Like, Randy Bachman is one of the... He's considered one of the top, you know, 50 guitarists of all time. And then Burton Cummings is considered to be one of the top 20 rock and roll voices of all time. And that's when it clicked for me. I'll be honest. That first two, three days I was here... Is when I was like, holy, like Winnipeg has a history, has a soul. And that's what's missing in Calgary. Calgary doesn't have a soul. Calgary doesn't have like a history, a lineage, right? Like something that's really tangible. They wipe the soul clean. Yes, to keep it so nice and clean. Exactly, right? Fresh was driving my car. I'm in the passenger seat. We're driving down Portage Avenue in front of uh, Portage Place Mall. Uh, a man of color who I did not recognize. He stops, he looks, and he says, Bubba, Bubba B, man, I heard you were in town, bro. You gotta come see us at the hip hop station. And I was turning fresh, I'm like, there's a hip hop station in Winnipeg? He's like, yeah, bro. I'm like, <coughs> I'd been in Winnipeg for 38, 39 hours at this time. Right. And this guy recognized me in the passenger seat of my own car. Yeah, I'll come see you at the hip-hop station. Yeah, woo, take care. Light like, turns green, we go. Right. That's Friday. Sunday, I'm at the nightclub uh, Tijuana up on McPhillips. Poor I'm, dude. like, dancing, shaking my booty. Girls are looking cute. I'm, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls are great. We're having a great time. Right. I bump into this dude, and he bumps into me. He turns around. He's, like, Bubba? Bubba B, man, I heard you were in town, bro. You got to come see me at the hip-hop station. I was, like. Two completely different dudes. I don't know who either of these guys are, but yet right. they know who I am. How do they know who you are? Is it because of your recording,
3: you your CD, and you're pushing it, and you have a name?
0: Yes. They had heard about me because they had come out to Alberta. I was, I am, apparently. I mean, I've never really thought about this, like this, but I've been told in the last couple of years that I have to start thinking like this. I'm not just a part of the industry. I am the industry. Yes. And I helped... Blazed the path of the hip hop industry in all of Western Canada, and specifically in Alberta and uh, in BC. E-L-E, Extinction Level Event. It seems that Buster Rhymes knows that this world is in bed. And it all seems that he can see in the future, like me. you he also can't sleep at night because he knows it's destiny. He can't change what is written, kind of like you just can't change the past. And since you ain't paying attention, the truth will be the one to keep your ass. And in the aftermath, not even bacteria will survive. Set me free, why don't you, baby? I'm like the seventh sign. You may shock the shit out of me, but you can't take me off the shit. And if the road, end of the line, eternal night shift, this is it. You think that that sounds scary? Like some kind of horror flick. Jay Fred Chuck and Jeff just are team speed to be part of me. Just to make a comparison of the size I'm talking about. One million big punks line up against one stump child after drop. Those are some very scary numbers. You don't want to bet against this. It's like Mike Tyson and Frank Neely 8, 9 D, C, S. Knocked out. These are the last days. These are the last days. I was pretty much the, the go to guy in Calgary and in Alberta. You know, I was touring with Naughty by Nature and Will Smith. I hung out with Will Smith. You, you both gave for some the most of the
3: amazing acts.
0: <laughs> Thank you. How's you know, like Will Smith sat down and talked to me, and he's like, bro. People are gonna try to change you. They're gonna to try to tell you to stop. Don't ever stop. And this is back when he was just Will Smith. Yeah. Not just like, or when he was still or fresh. Chris, but he Chris. really made it big as Will Smith. Yeah. And Ice-T, Ice-T called my name out. He came to town, he was doing a show he called for me to come up on stage and do a song with him while I was upstairs in the third floor of the bank nightclub smoking cigars in the cigar room. People come rushing in, they're like, Bubba, Ice-T's calling out for you, man. He wants you to come on stage. So I went downstairs and I got up on stage with Ice-T and I opened up for Genuine and um, like so many big artists and they all came through and so I guess those DJs and those people that were in those circles would go back to Edmonton, go back to Vancouver, go back to Winnipeg. Yeah. And then bring the knowledge of my name or whatever with them. And so that's how they recognized me in the street. And then after I bumped into bump, uh, Buddy number 2, I said, okay, you know what? This is more than kismet. You know, I got to go to this radio station because this I got to at least check it out. So I went there on the Tuesday. I'm supposed to leave Winnipeg on Wednesday to go back to Calgary. So I go there Tuesday and i go and i do a little radio interview kind of like what we're doing right now we played a couple of my new tracks yeah took some phone calls peace out guys thank you winnipeg thanks for love blah 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 see y'all on the flip side get at me triple w bubba b.com that's my website um you know i got this new project coming out blah, 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 Boom. i get off air the second guy comes up to me in the hallway of the radio station he's like yo the owner of the station here, he wants to talk to you. So he takes me into this office. I see this little Italian guy. It kind of looks like a, uh, you look like a young version of the guy, to be honest. Like, really? The way that you look and your face and the beard and everything, you look exactly like Frankie C. Well, Frank Capazzolo. Frankie, Frankie C. Yeah. And I was the one who started calling him Frankie C. Uh, and he he is like, what you, do you got going on in Calgary? I'm like, nothing at the moment. I just moved back from Florida, yada, yada, yada. He's like, I want to put you on air. And I'm like, starting when? He's like, right now, like starting tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, what? what? And then I started uh doing the live to airs. And I started off on weekends, Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. Uh And then I did the Roots Rock reggae show with, with DJ Bunny Sunday evenings. And then I was uh Flavor 1079's first evening guy. Uh, they never had an evening show before. I was the first one to launch that seven till midnight, Monday through Friday. Weren't you doing mornings too? Like, I re- seem to remember. Yeah. And then know. that's where I transitioned to With is, Frankie C. You know, with Frankie C, the big fat morning show. Um, that's and that's it. Where- <laughs> yes. The big fat morning show. I listened every day, dude. Thank you, bro. It was and great. So so funny. That was great. Like, I, you know, thank you. You know, when we're in the studio, it's just like you and me right now. We're just talking, doing our thing. We don't know if anybody's out there listening. Yeah. But when we went off air, though, that's when all the love came out. That's like when we found out like um, David Asper, multi-billionaire, was listening to our radio show every morning. You know, yeah. wow. Uh, he, he bought our radio station. He wanted to uh, rebrand us and launch us again. And then that's when the whole big pissing contest happened between Frankie C and the government and David Asper and the government. And, yeah. and then the whole thing fell apart. Certain guidelines weren't followed, basically, right? That was well, yes and no. The official story is yes, we didn't follow the guidelines. The the real story <laughs> is that the reason why some of the guidelines were not followed is because certain big businesses, certain big radio stations, certain big program directors at other radio stations, the big five, yeah, were had previously worked with Frankie C because he came from a rock radio CD92 you know, Q94 background. That's He was their program director and all these different things throughout those organizations for years. So he had worked with all the people that were now the program directors and stuff at these other big four or five stations. And they all hated him. Almost a quarter of everybody that's listening to the radio in the entire city of Winnipeg is listening to one station in particular. And that happened to be Flavor. And they saw what was about to happen if we were able to stay on. And they knew that and it all boiled down to money and dollars and they wanted to shut us down and make sure that we weren't able to take that chunk of market share from them. Wow. Because and then when you just think about it like this, when I moved from flavor over to Hot 103, right? And I started doing the evening show at Hot 103, their market share when I joined them was just about six, seven, eight percent when I came on in the four years that I was on, we went up to a high of almost 16%. Really? Wow. So we doubled their listenership with me being on. I was the only addition. The only thing that really changed up was me being on there. And well, also, also, uh, flavor went off by this point. And right? flavor went off. So that right.
3: listenership had to go somewhere. Had to go somewhere. Well, they're gonna follow the man, right? Like they're gonna
2: follow
0: what they like. Bless you. And I appreciate that. Thank you. That's how I ended up on radio. That's how I ended up on radio here in Winnipeg. That's how I ended up in Winnipeg. That's how I uh, started to transition. I had a daughter. I decided to stay home from radio and Mm -hmm. be a stay-at-home dad. And I took care of my baby girl. I was only away from her for 13 days in her first five, six years of life. Oh, that's the I stopped touring. I stopped doing everything. Right. Uh, So I could be with her day in and day out. But I was guessing around this
3: time, sorry to interrupt, but I... I'm guessing around this time was also the Dragon's Den, right? So what? that's 20, what year was that when you were on Dragon's Den, 2015,
2: 2014? 2015 is when I first appeared on Dragon's Den, Correct. And
3: you went on Dragon's Den because you had not only, you know, your album, which was I Wish My Teacher Was Bubba B, but you had this supplement concept of a children's book and a book series to go along with it. Bzz, bzz.
0: Goes the sound of the alarm at exactly 7.55 a.m. I hit it like I do every morning, just before I open up my eyes. When I do, I look around slowly. I make sure none of my sisters nor brother are hiding and waiting to scare me. I make sure I'm okay. Then I stretch. My arm's up to the ceiling as high as I can. Go ahead, stretch. Stretch. I throw off the blanket and let out a big... I can hear my mom yelling for me to get up. I yell back, okay, mom, I'm up. I love getting up at this time because I get another minute to look at my feet. I see how much closer to the floor they're getting. When I first got this bed, they barely hung over the side. Now they're closer to the floor. And sometimes I stretch them down to the ground to help them grow. Because I'm getting taller. I can feel it every day. It was the biggest blessing thus far in my professional career in that avenue. I'm very, very thankful. Uh, I'm saddened and disheartened at the fact that I needed to do that. I had attempted to get funding from our local government, um, mental film and music and or, you know... uh, uh man, to music in general. And I couldn't understand that the city of Winnipeg and the and the arts community here couldn't see the, you know, slide me five, 10 grand to be able to do what I want to do and promote it properly, do some videos, do the animation, do all the kind of stuff that I wanted to do to get it out to, you know, Netflix shows and for cartoons for kids, nationally CBC stuff. Yeah. And they kept saying, no, nah, it's not marketable. We we don't see that there would be a market for this. And so I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to check. And it was like literally a God moment, bro. It was like, the universe is always conspiring to help me. And I'm so blessed. I was literally looking through a newspaper, just flipping it. And there was an article literally this big. And it was like, Hey, are you an entrepreneur? Do you have an idea that you'd like to pitch? Be at this place by four o'clock today, but we close at four o'clock. Blah, blah, blah. And I remember looking at the clock and it was one o'clock. Wow. I was like, shit, that's today. <laughs> so I went, I got there like 10 to four and I walked in, I, you know, I dressed up in my, you know, as my character and I walked in and they interview. And then if you make it through that first interview, you go to another room and then they interview again and they videotape it and they say, okay, we'll let you know. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, I got an email and saying that I had been selected to appear on a show for entrepreneurs in Toronto and I needed to pay my way to Toronto, pay for my lodging. And then if I get to Toronto and when I get to Toronto, they will refund half of my plane ticket and half my, have uh, my, my, uh lodging.
3: Interesting. Okay.
0: And so wow. I thought it was a scam. I literally thought it was a scam. My wife thought it was a scam. Did it say CBC on it? <laughs> no, it didn't say it. doesn't say anything. Doesn't I say anything. It's just, thing, yeah, exactly. Right. So I was like, okay, and you know, I just prayed on it, and I just, I felt too strong, I felt too strong, bro, and so I got the money, and I went to Toronto, and I got off the plane, I stayed at the Buddies, and they sent me the info, I Google mapped it, it's CBC Building, I'm like, what? Okay, maybe it's a new show or something, because I thought CBC Dragon's Den was filmed in Vancouver, but I, so I get there that morning, and I signed the paperwork, and the non-disclosure stuff, and Then they take you to the studio and you sit out in this hallway with all these other people. You don't know anything, nobody's talking. And then they take us all into this one room. And then I saw the set and I was like, oh shit, there's the set. And so I'm like filming and I'm like seeing the money on the desks and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, the money's right there and I'm filming. And then this dude goes (laughs) and he's like, He's like, "Okay, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so and so, producer. Blah, 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 blah. usually I'm in charge of getting everybody relaxed in the morning cuz I know some people are do uh, but we have a real live MC here today so we're going to turn it over to him and let him get us all worked up and get us all ready to go for the day. Go ahead, Bubba B, everybody." What? And I'm filming that live. Like I'm just like as a tourist filming and I'm hearing this dude saying this shit and then I turn around And everybody's looking at me and they're clapping and they're expecting me to like get them all hype and relaxed up. Right then and there, bro, I got everybody clapping and stomping and get everybody into it. And then we had a big little kind of. Ah, ah, and it was good. And it's like, okay, great, thank you so much, Bobo B. Everybody, clear the set, please. We're gonna get started. We're gonna start sending you guys in to see the dragons. Yeah. And so everybody's leaving the set, and I'm walking up behind everybody. And the producer comes to me, and goes, Oh, oh, by the way, you're up first. So um hair and makeup's right there. They're gonna come touch you up a little bit. And just so you know, one of the dragons is a little bit late. Hasn't had their coffee yet. Another one is da 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 angry but good luck though and they sent me out they put some stuff dust on my face yeah i walked down the good. stairs and boom filming that's what you see me is walking down the stairs and that's yeah. why you
3: never I met stopped. any of those guys beforehand no okay and uh so you no, go in there you do great so that must have felt amazing
0: i wasn't a real big dragon's den aficionado i just yeah. went in there and i knew my numbers and i knew what i wanted right and whether they gave it to me or not, I was still going to do what I was going to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I just gave it to them and uh, we, we did the deal. And then I realized afterwards the f- small percentile of people who get deals and then the even smaller percentile of people that get double what they ask for these are five business people who run some of the biggest companies in the country, much less the world. And they were all like salivating at the mouth because (laughs) they realized what I'm bringing to the table. And that there's an entire big, huge chunk of a pie that is my own lane, which nobody else is in. Right. Right. And I've had to go through so many setbacks, but yet triumphs, you know, like right now, I'm in one of the number one movies in, in North America in the world right now. Yes. Yes. That's what I wanted to end with. Nobody working Nobody. with Bob Odenkirk. You have, I was yeah. so
3: excited like because there's actually been a few people uh, on the, in that movie who have been on the show. Steven oh. Eric McIntyre is in it. Jo- Joanne Rodriguez is the bus driver. Wow. <laughs> and then I was like, that's holy right. shit, it's Bubba B.
0: Tell me about your experience on that. Um I'm, I'm I'm okay I'll be honest I haven't seen the movie yet however I'm kind of bummed out cuz nobody ever says doesn't mention a scene that I did with Bob Odekirk. so I'm assuming that they probably cut it out or edited it or something but I was so excited because I'm in a close scene with Bob Odekirk where we're actually exchanging lines and then of course then the scene that everybody keeps talking about with um the nurse doing the thing in the hospital and you see this legend living legend doc from, you know, from yeah. uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future, Christopher Lloyd. I, it, was such a, it was such a great, great time. The set was great. The The director was fantastic. You know, he has a great background in uh, action movies. And, you know, this movie, at first, I didn't really know how it was going to go. And then now the reviews and what I've seen from the trailer and from the feedback of all the people that have seen it, people in Korea, One of my buddies in Korea sent me a message through another guy probably about three weeks ago because in Korea, the theaters are open. Yes. So they were able to see it in the theaters and they said it's amazing in theaters. Yeah. So I'm just really proud of being in that and also being part of the the diversity and inclusion um, branch of ACTRA Manitoba here. Uh, Making sure that, you know, there are diversity and diverse voices in in a lot more productions and movies and stuff that are coming. Uh, A show that's actually coming to a series, it's called The Porters, which is coming to um, uh, television and streaming in the United States in the next year, I'm sure. Um, It's going to be partnership with CBC and BET Television. Wow, cool! It's yeah. huge. It's a huge show. Yeah, I play a character by the name. Well, I don't really want to give away too much info. Yeah, maybe that's the best. Yeah, <laughs> I play a character by the name of None Your Business. Yeah,
3: <laughs>
0: exactly.
3: <laughs> Baba B, we're going to do the Mental Money Shot. It is time. One hundred questions I will be asking you in five minutes, and it's going to be rapid fire. Uh, and uh, they're easy questions. It's like fill in the blank. What's your favorite? This. That kind of stuff, you know? Now, 90% of your answers have to be right. You just can't answer any kind of gibberish, right? But I'm not going to call you a liar, so I'm just going to trust you that what you're saying is the truth unless maybe you said something in the interview which contradicts your answer. That's really the only time I'd call you out on it. You can pass if you want. but I don't suggest you pass, but you can pass. We'll come back to a question. And I think that's about all I got to say on that. What do you think? Can you do this? Can we do this? <laughs> Again, (laughs) getting into the zen, the zone. Tonight's Manitoba money shot for bubba B, the MC.
2: And that was the cash register. And coming up, we have the explosion here on eight point one six dollars Canadian radio. But first, a word from our sponsor, Beelzebub. New take movie theater. Town Cinemas. Name a Winnipeg bar. Bar Italian. Name a Winnipeg restaurant. Palomino. Name a Winnipeg park. Kilgorenen. Name a Winnipeg band. Guess who? Pick a number between 1 and ten. Nine. Broccoli or cauliflower? Broccoli. Bananas or apples? Bananas. Favorite salad dressing? Mm, Italian. Favorite soup?
0: Uh four.
2: Or girls, five. Just,
3: girls just want to have what?
0: <laughs> Bubba.
3: <laughs> Boys don't what?
2: Like Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Name a Grammy winner.
0: Jay-Z.
3: Name an Oscar winner.
0: Um uh, wow. <laughs> an Oscar winner. Um, uh, uh, pass. <laughs> okay, we're passing. Uh,
2: what do you buy, Dollarama? Band aids. Uh, how do you how do you take your coffee? I don't drink coffee. Favorite subject in school? Social studies. Name a movie you purchased. I still see you. Name a member of the band Kiss. Um, uh, freely. Name Ace, a Star uh, Wars droid. Very nice. BB 8. Uh, what do you bring to the beach? Towels. Name a John. Doe. Name a Betty. Lou. Name a Chris. Walking. Name a Sarah. Jane. Name a Beastie Boy. Uh, smooth Rock, whatever his face was. <laughs> what, what goes in the freezer? Two minutes. Ice. Name something round. Lid. Do you have a driver's license? Yes. Do you have a fishing license? No. Do you have a hunting license? No. Name a painting. Picasso's Mona Lisa. Name a book. Uh, Where the the wild things are. Name a record album. The wall. Name a film. Uh, Welcome to sudden death. Name a breakfast cereal. Crunchies, or uh, and Crunch. What do you put in an omelet? Eggs and cheese. Name a Marvel superhero. Black Panther. Name a DC superhero. Flash. What do you put on toast? Peanut butter. Name a sport with a racket. Racquetball. How often do you shave? Once every six months. Can you play guitar? A little bit, but not that good. Can you play piano? A little bit, but not that good. Can you play drums? Very good. Can you play the saxophone? Relatively good. Can you sing? Yes. Name a black and white movie. Uh, uh, Bride of Frankenstein. Name a 3D movie. Um, uh, pass. Okay, name a science fiction movie. Star Wars. Name an 80s comedy. Uh, Alf. Name something blue. This Lid. Name something red. My shirt. Name something green. Green day. Name something yellow. And it was all yellow. Name something brown. Uh, uh, Foxy brown. Name something purple. Purple nurple. <laughs> Name something pink. Pink the singer. Uh, where would you find a flag? On a pole. How much money in your pocket? I don't have pockets. Name a DJ. One minute left. DJ Bunny. Last place you ordered a pizza from. My fridge. <laughs> can, can you cook? Yes. yes I can. can you dance? Yes, I can. Can you juggle? Yes, I can. Can you whistle? Yes, I can. can what would you name a horse? Hey. A <laughs> hey? Pie or cake? Pie. Plain or train? Oh, cake, 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 Uh plain or train? Plane. Bacon or sausages? Sausages. Favorite fruit. Cantaloupe. Favorite vegetable. Uh tomato. Woo! Name of Manitoba City. Brandon. Name of Manitoba Town. Steinbeck. Name of Manitoba Road. Uh Fife Street. Name of Manitoba Lake. Lake would have been. Last concert attended, five seconds. Um Connie West name of jet.
0: <laughs> damn it. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> where, where, where. Where, where, where.
2: Well, Bubba B, man, this has been
0: amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your Thank time you. and for having me on. And uh let all your lady listeners and followers know that I am single. Um and that uh you know. Um, I do have a booty that is nice, lumpy, and round if you just want to wax it for a little bit. (laughs) There's
3: an open invitation right there, so you know how to get a hold of them. Namaste. Namaste. Later. Peace. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Make sure you tell your friends and family to check out the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast. Where? On SoundCloud, also on iTunes, on Stitcher, and Amazon. Follow the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and we have an account on YouTube. Also, you can check out uh, patreon.com backslash Ronald George Moore. Help me out with a monthly donation. You get access to all the Tuesday tangles, all the Wednesday whack-offs, all the
1: Friday foreplays, and a lot more. And remember, don't take five. Take what you want.